No! 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 What? Because I was married for two fucking years! You're a cunt, Ryan. You cunt. You're a cunt, Ryan. No, sir, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. You're a cunt, Ryan. No, sir, I don't like it. What's up, everybody? It's episode 92 of No, Sir, I Don't Like It. I'm Carmen Morales. With me, as always, the very funny Mr. Brian Vokey. Hello. Kind of with you. Not not like really with you. We're not. Well, yeah, we're not together at all. I'm in Oklahoma, of all places. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's funny you bring up Oklahoma. I was gonna... <laughs> Were you going to morning radio me? Yeah, gonna I was going to launch into my Oklahoma <laughs> bit. <laughs> Is know, that bit about this specific part of Oklahoma? Who gives a shit? It's all one big piece of fucking turd. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that whole town, that whole state's going to kiss my ass. Is there a part of Oklahoma that it, that it is like a city? I guess Oklahoma City is the biggest part of it, right? Yeah, I mean, they got a town big enough to have a terrorist attack, so. That's true. That's fair. But it's like yeah. not real terrorism. It's like home terrorism. Oh, ooh, liberals will get mad at you for that one. <laughs> I was being oh, sarcastic. Oh, so it's not terrorism unless they have big Arabic noses? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I meant it, it was, it's like uh, domestic terrorism. The, the big stuff only happens in big cities. Yeah, that's what I try well, to I mean, do in court. When I, whenever I beat my wife, I'm like, ah, it wasn't real assault. It was domestic <laughs> assault. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? That's why it was us on us crime. It's not, It wasn't anybody us else. Us on us like, crime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one, one time I was doing comedy uh, close to Oklahoma. I can't remember where it was. I've never done comedy in Oklahoma, but I was close enough. This was my first where, time, too. Oh, you know what it was? I was in uh, I was in Kingman, Arizona, which is where Timothy McVeigh lived before he did the mm-hmm. Oklahoma bombing. And mm-hmm. I was riffing on Timothy McVeigh. And I was like, you know, the one thing about <laughs> this got booed, but literally got booed. Um, I was <laughs> like, uh, the one thing I noticed about or the one thing about the Timothy McVeigh bombing, the Oklahoma City bombing, is that I've never met somebody from Oklahoma and been like, uh, I'm glad you didn't die in a fucking government building that got blown up. Oh, that's uh, so horrible. <laughs> and then I started talking about how I was like, you know, the best thing about that bombing was that there was a daycare there, which like just immediately wiped out an entire generation of Oklahomans and they were no longer able to reproduce. But uh, it got a lot of uh, booze. Uh, didn't? Yeah, didn't, I can see why. Didn't hit hard. I absolutely. That's yeah. some of that coastal I get, I get elite why comedy. They you. <laughs> yeah, that coastal elite comedy that I'm so famous for. Yeah, um, I wasn't talking <clears throat> about like race or anything like that. I was just talking about like international terrorism versus domestic terrorism, which right. is the way you say domestic is very funny. <laughs> why am I doing this that- thing where I sound Hispanic? I don't know if that's that's like like spicky or if that's uh, if that's just you being like BBC. I don't know. Like, because I I would say domestic terrorist, and you're saying domestic, domestic or domestic, a do domestic terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, vokeying things up again. (laughs) Yeah, I I, you know it's always association. That's all I can do. It's just association. That's that's the gift of ADD. The gift of the curse. The darkest thing you could possibly imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think of that. I just thought you were calling me out for associating things again. No. Um, Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, Are your are your asses feeling extra dirty? Are you feeling a little rashy? I know mine are for sure because I just had a shit in an airport. 
I got to tell you, now is the time to really get a <laughs> get a bidet. Uh, I just plow right over that. Um, yep. <laughs> Because uh, for a lot of our listeners, it's cold, it's winter, and the, you really don't want to be, because you got to get bound up and you don't want to, you want to keep your clothes on and you want to stay warm. So you don't want to have to keep wiping your shitty ass and uh, have to keep like taking your pants down, your long johns, and then your underwear down. So if you just get a bidet from Brondell uh, and blast that ass clean, then you can, uh, you won't have to wipe as much. I don't know if you get, if our listeners are like me where you just have to wipe all the time. Not to mention some of them, uh, some, some of them actually have a, a heating element. So you don't even have to worry about it. You're not going to get cold at all. Yeah. Warm the seat up, throw your ass on there, blast it with some water and then, uh, stay bundled up until the next shit. It's fantastic. Promo code, no sir, 20% off all one. Yeah. Word, go to brondale.com, put in the promo code. No, sir. And you get 20% off your entire purchase. I know because I just used it for a Christmas gift. Yeah. How, how, how much does it suck shitting in an airport? Oh my it's God. It's real bad. The airport, the airport shit is one of my least favorite shits. At least it's Tulsa. So I figured there's just by volume, there's less asses that have been on it. Yeah. But that's fucking Oklahoma ass, which counts for five <laughs> asses in other places. You got to understand. I mean, it's like you could get punched by five guys like me or one guy, but that's like Tyson. You know what I mean? Like they're like, (laughs) they're the Tyson of shitters. They're just only, they only eat red meat and like fucking cherry Coke. It's there was a lot of horse hair, uh, art on the way in. I noticed (laughs) probably a lot of horse hair in their shits too. Probably eat the whole thing. (laughs) Like, like owl pellets. Probably fucking find their bones and hairs of the animals they're eating. Those fucking animals. Listen, the only reason I hate Oklahoma so much is because I went to basic training there. That's where I went to boot camp. Fort Sill, Oklahoma, a lot in Oklahoma. My dad, I remember when my dad came to visit me for boot camp graduation, and he was like, God damn you for dragging me to this shithole. <laughs> like, why the fuck am I in Oklahoma? Everybody else is like, I'm so proud of you for graduating. He's like, why the fuck did you make me come to Oklahoma? You couldn't have gone to any other base. You don't get to pick where you go to basic training though, right? No, you, well, certain jobs, like if you're an MP, I don't know, this might change, but if you're an MP, you're going to go to Fort Leonard, Missouri. If you're infantry, you're definitely going to go to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. If you're artillery, which I don't even know if we have artillery anymore, really. Uh, then you're definitely going to go to Fort Sill. But when you have a nerd job like mine, and there's not very many of you, they just tack you on wherever. And so Fort Sill, the one I went to, is one of the last two Fort, uh, I believe Fort Benning and Fort Sill are the last two that aren't uh, mixed uh, gender or whatever. There's only dudes. And uh, so they can be extra old school with you because there's no women there. Oh, so, uh, yeah, and, and, you get real fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And and I, it's like, it wasn't good, but in some ways I'm grateful because it's like, I definitely got the real full army experience, you know? Did you go to more than one base? For boot camp? No, just one base. No, I in mean. general. You, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah no, like five Did you ever six. notice like all the towns that they're, wherever this base, they always have like the same things in all of the towns. Like there's yeah. always like a bunch of bail bonds places, a bunch of tattoo places. It's like an entire town. It's all exploiting. No, this whole fucking country pretend, you know, they drop in troops at halftime at football shows. They fucking, everything is support the troops. We love the troops, yellow ribbons, troops, troops, troops. But when you go outside a base and you see what, how these people are really treated, it's all fucking exploitive businesses. It's all strip clubs, loans, bail bonds, and auto dealerships that all have insane interest rates. And they just, they know that these, it's, it's, it's almost like how athletes get taken advantage of, except for on a way smaller scale, because most people in the military, they get like a $10,000 signing bonus. They've never had money in their life. 
And the first thing they do is go buy like an SUV from an auto dealership that's eight feet off a base that charges you the most insane interest rates on your car payments. And then everybody, everybody is always getting shit repossessed. And it's, they take so much. It's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It really lo- just looks like, it looks like a college kid invented a city. It, it was like, this is everything I need, dude. Just like a bunch of. To me, it looks like a mafioso invented a city, like some sleazy guy with a pinky ring. Cause it's all fucking gross businesses. It's all, it's all shady. It's all it's por- porn stores. That's what I'm saying. It's all, it's all to appeal to a early twenties dude. Like there's nothing right. Like I get why, I get why military wives cheat or they must be born out of the mind, dude. Oh yeah. Well also they cheat because I mean, half the reason they got married is just for the money anyway. I mean, it's funny. It's like the military is poor people celebrity. Like uh, they come into money quick and people get married for the money and they get used for their benefits and their money, but it's all in such a small, small fucking scale, but it's almost like Beverly Hills for fucking. I don't know if it's always for money though. I think sometimes it's like, I love this person and they might die. So I might as well marry them. No, there's a lot of money involved because you get a lot more money in the military when you're married and you also get um, off base allowances, basic housing allowance and stuff. So you, you mm-hmm. get like your rent taken care of and you get an extra bump in income. There's so many marriages within the military of people who are just doing it for financial reasons. And then next thing you know, boom, they're both drunk and slapping each other around in the front yard, getting arrested. I went AWOL from the army and they didn't report me AWOL. I was trying to get kicked out. I went AWOL to go to an Iron Maiden show in Columbus, Ohio. They didn't report me AWOL, which was such a bummer because I was trying to get kicked out. But they fucking, when I came back, you know, I was there, I was like ready to get arrested or whatever. And they just handled it all in-house under the table because they said that that same weekend I went AWOL, they had two domestic abuse charges and a DUI within their unit. And they were like, we knew you were coming back. We didn't want to report you because we had already had so many black guys on our unit this weekend from all the other shit that was going on. This is a story of my life. I can never fuck up as enough enough. Like I can't fuck up as much <laughs> as the guy before me. It happens to me at jobs all the time where they're, they're like constantly, I think I'm doing the shittiest job and I'm like, this is great. They'll never give me any extra responsibility. I must be the most inept person. And they're like, Hey, you're the best person we have at this thing. And I'm like, what are other people doing? Oh my God. Well, it's also because you're, you're also at entry level positions, Brian. That's why. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it is funny that I'm in entry level positions, but I can talk with people who are at, who own companies companies and stuff, you know, cause I know how mm-hmm. to talk. Yeah. And so I think they all, I think they, I think I come across sometimes if I'm being an adult and I'm not like on a podcast or something, I think sometimes I come across as smarter than I really am because I know how to talk and I know how to read people. I think that happens on the podcast too. <laughs> Until they listen to what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I'm pretty sure I don't come across as smart too often on this thing. I mean, <laughs> We're recording right now remote, uh, and uh, we have two tracks on on Zencaster we're using. And Carmen's track is called "No Sir, I Don't Like It." Mine is called "Big Fuggin' Tard Fag." <laughs> so, not the smartest guy. Nope, not at all. <laughs> anyway, so you're in a, a, a slut, Oklahoma, right? Yep, I was performing at a Christmas party at the Hard Rock Casino. Jesus last night and it was um three like smoke shops it was all women all women that worked there and then there was the guy that owned it his name was john he was like in his 70s and they all loved him 
He did. He really, he straight up did. And they all loved him. It, lo- it looked like, like a dude. He looked kind of like the guy that owned the chicken ranch. Yeah, of course. We've talked about him a few times on this podcast. Yeah, he looked like he was like that kind of guy. He was like a little bit bigger. He had a um, he had a wife named Darlene that obviously ran his life. Darlene, mm-hmm. wow. He also, like so, she was running his life, and then he was running like all these chicks. Like, like, and like, there's a lot of the women that were working there for like, for, like about seventeen years, twenty two years. Like, they all worked for him forever, and they just sell like tobacco products. And then I was like, okay, so it's like, I was like, is it do you guys sell tobacco products or do you? But like you sell like wink wink nudge nudge tobacco products and then he was like well we sell tobacco products yeah. <laughs> like, but then, then I found out they had also been raided and I was like okay well you guys are obviously cooler than I thought you were when I said yes to this gig you know what I mean it's funny you were talking about weed but he probably thought you were talking about like fentanyl <laughs> he's like yeah we got we got wink wink shit back here it's like fucking AK-47s RPGs and fucking cocaine it's just a front for <laughs> they'll never suspect all these women selling illegal guns <laughs> that's a cool show right there right like a 70 year old Hugh Hefner type but like in the in the rural Oklahoma with a harem of women who and as, a, as an yeah, arms no, dealer, very yeah, trashy. Like a great idea. I think we just wrote a yeah, pilot. That's Brian. actually really. Nobody steal that. We'll never write it, but nobody steal I, it. <laughs> I, uh, man, I'll, I'll write it. Shit. What else do I got going on? <laughs> so it was weird because it was in like just like a banquet room, and then so there's all the tables of everybody. And when I fir- like when I f- literally first thing I said to him, I was like, "Oh, hey, what's up, dude?" But like, this is the comedian. Um, I introduced me to him and he was like, are you going to do any slut jokes? <laughs> and then I go, I, I don't know. Are you, are you a slut? And then like all the, th- all the tables of ladies started laughing. <laughs> do you think they were making Tulsa jokes? Like a slut Tulsa? Do you think that's what they were saying? No, no. Cause it, it was like specifically requested that I do uh, like a raunchy show. Like they wanted it to be not clean at all. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't even know what to do. Cause I'm like, all right, well uh, when I'm clean, it's, I just want you to know, it's not sex uh, that I'm dirty about. <laughs> and if there is sex, there's a kid in it. Uh, so I, 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 <laughs> you be careful with what you ask. But they for. were cool. They were cool. I did the go fucking joke and they were totally cool with it. So it worked out. Uh, by the way, uh, did we talk on pod about me explaining to you the trappings of saying goat fucker in Virginia. No, I don't think we did. And I still forgot about it. I forgot how it's very inappropriate for me to well, say Well, it isn't in context of the joke, but Carmen, for the listeners, Carmen has a joke about a, a, a man who uh, had relations with a goat. Willingly admits that he bangs a goat in a public forum at a show. He said that And I me. had to tell her, I was like, do you know that that's like an insult for like Middle Easterns, Afghanis, and I, like, like in the military, they're always like, those fucking goat fuckers. And it's like a pretty common, pretty common insult. And she had no idea. And I was like, well, you should, no you should at least know that going into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave it some context now for the audience. So they don't just think I'm being just a fucking it, awful person. It'd be like if your only context for the N word was like something being N word rigged, you know, and you didn't, and oh, you didn't right. know that it had any racial undertones and you're just, yeah, so my friend rigged this thing. Everybody's like, whoa, wait, what? Is, what? <laughs> Just say Jerry rigged. <laughs> but the, the show went, it show went pretty good though. I like, cause they, you know, these things, you never know how they're going to go. And, um, it went pretty okay. Except for they, they had had me with a wireless, a wireless mic. So I knew immediately it was going to be a pain in the ass. 
and it was, and, and it did. It kept cutting out. Did you walk and through the crowd? They brought me another one. No, I mean it was like a Jeff Ross like speed was, roast through every, everybody. Through no, the room. <laughs> oh, you look like shitty shirt, fucked up nose. Yeah, <laughs> like you live in a waffle hut. So then the first one broke. The first it kept cutting out, and then they brought me another wireless mic, and then that one kept cutting out. And I was like, "Look, man, I." I'm running out of dick joke, microphone dick jokes. We got to get this thing to work at some point. So finally, 10 minutes in, they brought me a mic with a cord. And, you? Did and, you have uh, anybody with you? No, it's just me. I just had to do an hour by myself. Right out the gate. Hi! Shut up. I didn't Hi, see how are you? Make some noise. I don't sound like that. God damn it. <laughs> Brian insists that I sound incredibly shrill when I first get on stage and then immediately change my voice back to my normal how voice. How is everybody? We gotta close the murder gap. <laughs> hey, everybody! So I was doing comedy Bahamas last week. <laughs> Shut up! So after the show, uh, I went to because they have a Vegas style casino here, and so they have like table games and stuff like that. And Mama loves loves me some craps. Uh, big fan, big fan. I think it's just because I like to throw dice. To be honest with you, so I go up to the table and uh, and I'm like looking to see how like how it's going if it's like a fun table because that's the other thing too is i like the fun part i just like to play i think is what it is <laughs> i don't really care about the money part not the sad gambling i was just thinking about how much i hate poor people you hate yourself brian that my whole financial situation is in shambles like it's never been before <laughs> <laughs> anyway so you're playing craps go ahead <laughs> i'm there and it's like a and it's like look it's still Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's still like a super low end uh, as far as money goes, like a $5 minimum bet. So it's super easy to play. So um, I pull up to the table and this guy standing next to me is immediately starting to, oh, hey, do you play? Blah, 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 starting to chat me up. And then not even, not even 10 minutes later, 10 to 15 minutes later, I had found out that he had stolen $385,000 from a company. He ran a money order scam he evaded the he evaded the U.S. for seven years to avoid getting prosecuted for said crimes. He had had purchased four different people's identity and then was able to get out of that charge because he worked like got wired from the like for the FBI and like found out people that were selling the identities and now he has like five adopted kids. He's a fucking rat. He just loves taking other people's shit, even their kids. Uh, he. Um- <laughs> Also, how can you be a criminal and chat that much? You know, that's a little chatty. It makes me wonder if he's a little bit of a liar. Or- well, I think it's, well, it's also because it all happened like the uh, the big identity stuff that it all happened like pre 9-11. So this was like all part of his past, like when he was a younger man type of deal. That's crazy. I don't want, I, I would love for somebody to steal my identity. How he got found out in Canada when he invaded a... Um, like was running away from the law or whatever is he had gotten bought somebody else's identity from Canada and was like living under that and like had gotten like a job and was like living straight and doing everything uh, quote unquote right or whatever. And then he ended up getting hammered with his boss and told his boss the entire story. And then his boss turned oh him in. Oh my God. Well, he deserves it. I, that's fucking gross. But like the mm-hmm. thing is, I love that you're like, yeah, you know, he bought somebody else's identity and then he was living straight and doing everything right. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> he was living a complete <laughs> I mean, under that name, you know, he wasn't dirtying that name. Yeah. I would love for somebody to purchase, <laughs> well, that's how purchase my identity the and they immediately get like debt collectors after them and they get like, like <laughs> registration suspension letters. <laughs> They're like, God, oh, this guy's. 
It'd be great if somebody had stole your identity and then started like working at a decent job and started building up your credit, like all of those things, like, you know, really helped you out. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Really made a name for yourself. It would also be great. What if somebody really made a name for yourself? It would also be great if I got a Comedy Central half hour special. I feel like none of this is going to happen anytime soon, though. But that's what got that's what got him into it. Is I was sitting there, we were playing crops, and then almost immediately I was like, oh, did you learn? I was like, oh, yeah, I learned how to play craps when I was on mushrooms one time. It's real funny. And then he was like, I learned how to play clap, craps in prison. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, it's a lot different in prison. And I was like, I can only imagine. You're, in your, you're on your little, you're on your little old side aunties there where you're like, I learned it doing this. And he's like, I learned it doing this. Like, All right, you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> but then I went on a super, I went on a super hot streak and I was, I threw like 25 times, dude. I threw the dice like 25 times. I made that table a lot of money. And then I doubled my money and I left. So much craps, you got tendonitis. That's great. Well, carpal yeah, you tunnel. stopped while you were up? Yeah. Wow, good for you. That's impressive. I don't care about it. It's the same thing like uh, being able to do drugs casually. I was going to say, though, if you don't care about gambling and it's all just for fun, then it seems like it would be fun to just to take that hot streak right back down to zero, you know, because it doesn't matter, you know, just see how long you can fucking go. But it's pretty pretty good. Did they give you free food and shit? Were you rolling that much? Did you get like uh, vouchers or anything? No, 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 no. Like they don't. No, no. It wasn't like that. It was just because I still ended. I still ended up crapping out. So at some point, everybody looked, but everybody was making a lot of money because I was I wasn't betting a lot of money. I was playing the pass line. You know, betting six and eight, like just easy, simple. Don't pay that well. And I was, but I was throwing so good that. The prison guy was like, oh, you can't, you need to be made, like, you need to be getting rewarded for you throwing this well. So he just started making bets for me. And then I just started collecting off of that. So I wasn't even, it wasn't even like my money. I was making money off of his money that he was giving me. Wow. And then that was also part of the reason why I left the table because then he was like, he started calling me his lucky charm and shit. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's like, go. you know, he's gonna be wearing your hand around his neck like a rabbit's paw. Exactly. This is Oklahoma. They make people like that. Yeah, he'll glue some dice, some dice to your fingers. So <laughs> you were in Wyoming too, right? Yeah. Before that, I was in Wyoming. Oh, okay. Let me tell you about this fucking gig. I I'm doing another um, company Christmas party, and it's at a country club, and I'm already like a little nervous because I think they might be stuffy, you know. But they ended up being super cool. But get this, I get introduced. By the woman who hired me, who's before the show was like, we've never had a woman. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be great. She introduces me like this. I didn't want to say anything, but before the show, someone confided in me that they didn't think women were funny. And now we're about to have our first female comedian, Carmen Morales. And that's how they brought me up. So they brought me up. Sorry, I, just, and I was I like, "What?" Beforehand, and told her that <laughs> was that you. Yeah, that was so then, throughout my set, because now, so now I start my set furious. I'm completely pissed because, and I start like grilling, like probably about five times throughout my set. I literally like eyed down a dude and pointed at him, and I was like, "Are you the one? Are you the one? Do you have your arms crossed because you don't fucking think women are funny? Is that you? Why are you? Was that you? Were you the one? Who does? Who doesn't think? Like who hates me?" Who hated me? And I'm giving them all the shit. They all hated you and agreed with her. <laughs> <laughs> the show still went great. Everybody, everybody was still la- they were laughing at all of it. And then uh, after the show, I'm at the bar with the lady, and um, you know she gives me my check and everything. And I was like, "You got to tell me who the fuck it was because I'm I'm losing my mind over it. You got to tell me who it was." And she was like, 
Oh, it was nobody. I just thought it would be funny to bring you up that way. Oh, and I was like, what? Uh, I go, you had to put the, the entire weight, the, the, the entire weight of all female comedy on me. Cause you thought it would be funny. Like go fuck yourself. I'm so pissed. Wow. To be fair, that is a lightweight. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently you made all women look good. There you are. You're a little Billy Jean King. <laughs> you do some big a, a lesbian who beat a uh, 70 year old drunk it's like being better at <laughs> like being better at comedy than like fucking milton burl <laughs> <laughs> which is just a compilation of all the vaudeville guys exactly it's just 19 knock knock jokes and then a jew joke uh, yeah i watched that i watched that movie battle of the sexes which is about that story and that by the end of it i was like yeah this is kind of like a this is like kind of like a neg compliment. You know what I mean? Like, oh, see, you could do a girls. And I was like, yeah, this is like insulting. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be a, dr- a drunk, dr- drugged up on a bunch of different stimulants, like yeah. not practicing. It, it took him to basically give up in order for us to win. That was so infuriating. You know what movie they didn't make is the one where uh, this happened in real life. Serena Williams uh, years ago when she was even more in her prime pre baby heaven. She uh, played the number like 200th ranked man in tennis and got swept. She got annihilated. And she's like the greatest female tennis player ever by far. And the number 200 ranked male tennis player swept her in straight sets. But I haven't seen that movie yet. Do you think anybody's writing that screenplay? No, I don't think they are. (laughs) I don't think they are. I wonder why. Maybe it just doesn't fit. (laughs) Do you wonder wonder why? Yeah. Doesn't fit the narrative that all women are perfect and special and, and just as Nobody good. Nobody said they're perfect and special. They no, just, they do. Uh, they I just work want next logis- door. legitimacy in their sports. I'm referencing something specific. I work next door to the Orange is the New Black uh, and Glitter or uh, Glow uh, production office, and they have a giant poster in the lobby that says "Women are perfect." It's just a picture of a woman in a in a. Of course, she's Muslim. She has like the head thing, head scarf. And it says women are perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. How would I know that? Why would, how would I know that? No, of Why course you would know that. But I mean, like- no, I'm not making a reference as if you should understand that. I'm just letting you know that the reason why I said that is comes from something I've really seen. So I'm not like, it's not even that ridiculous of a thing to say. That is kind of the narrative now is that women are perfect and whatever. And, and men are bad. Men are all men are bad. Guys, if you want to go listen to Jenny Zagrino episode of No Sorry to Like It, it's pretty funny. And you can hear her espouse that vile garbage. <laughs> We've had some good guests on this podcast. Guys, if you're uh, if you're enjoying this, go back and listen. And also tell your friends about this podcast. We're trying to spread the uh, we need like a like you know how hack radio people are like, we're spreading the virus. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking locust. <laughs> yeah. We want to do that, but not make you want to throw up in your mouth when you yeah, hear it. <laughs> yeah. The don't like a tears are spreading <laughs> like Ebola uh, all over the fucking world. Uh, but no, seriously, tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Uh, hate, listen, love, listen. We take all listens. You know, maybe you have a friend who would be very upset with what I just said. Uh, let them listen because people sent team seem to like, really like to make themselves mad and work, work themselves up into a frenzy. I mean, and, that's uh, why people watch like fucking toddlers and tiaras and shit like that. It's, it's, it, there's, there's no way they like that. 
There's no way they like watching child abuse. You know what I mean? Dude, I've been watching this show. My, uh, so we got like, uh, I, I've lived years, years and years and years without television. And now we have television in my house. And uh, my roommates have been watching this show called 90 Day Fiance. And it is the most frustrating. I have to walk away every time I sit down. I like hanging out with my roommates. I'm never home. So it's like a good quality time to hang out with them. I like them. And I sit down and I watch it and then I can tell I'm getting so mad and I have to shit on it every two seconds that I'm ruining everybody's time mm-hmm. and I just can't stop. So I have to walk away. But they were, it's about these like marriages that uh, like they're in a rush to get married, usually over citizenship. I'm pretty sure it's like all citizenship. But uh, there was this 58-year-old guy who was married. He he was marrying an 18-year-old Thai Thai girl. He and his first wife he also met in Thailand and bought her or whatever. And then he threw. She got older, so he threw her to the curb and bought a new one. He is like a classic man, baby. Where mm-hmm. like he just he like is very overly emotional. Nothing's ever his fault. And then so you see this 18-year-old girl who barely speaks English constantly having to support this 58-year-old man emotionally and take care of him. And it is one of the most fucked up, uncomfortable, disgusting feelings I've ever got watching. I've watched horror movies. I've watched horrible things. I've watched Faces of Death. Nothing made me feel nearly as uncomfortable as watching this child have to stand up this 58-year-old man who she's fucking for citizenship. It's just the world is so dark and disgusting and I freak out and I just have to trash it. And then everybody's like, all right, well, we're, we're trying to watch this here. And then I'm, and I'm just like, fuck it. And I run back to my room and slam the door because I cannot watch it. It is so uncomfortable. Every guy on that show is such a fucking sleaze bag. And there's all these guys who just like, can't get laid on equal footing. You know what I mean? Like if they're like, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't meet an American who has their own lives and their own self-esteem. So they have to go to these fucking countries where people are desperate and just fucking put these people in these horrible situations. And they need the guy because they're trying to get out of a situation. So they put up with all their bullshit. And they're always like these really disgusting kind of guys too, like just really flabby, pathetic, just kind of like Patton Oswalt looking guys, just like really just sad looking. And it, it, I can't, I can't handle it. And everybody, and I, I think the only way that show gets ratings is from people just hate watching it and being so angry. And I just don't like that energy, man. That's why I only watch sports. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's also really gross. And like, I mean, all of those shows are just fucking nasty, man. It's just like, and that's why I don't get is, is people, people, watch, people watch it. They like, they like it for some reason. There's this one bride on there who's from Bradenton, Florida, which is where my dad lives. And uh, she uh, is marrying this, uh, like, I think he's Moroccan. He's definitely from a Muslim country. She's like this big, fat, blonde, white Floridian. And she goes mm-hmm. over to Morocco and she refuses to understand the cultures and the norms of a Muslim country. So she's like hanging all over him. And he's like, we're mm-hmm. not married. You can't kiss me in public. We're n- it's like going to get us thrown in jail. Like, stop. And she's like, when you say that, it makes me think you don't love me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, and this is the most American thing I've ever heard, where she's like this, just this big slob. And he's mm-hmm. looking at her and he goes, I just want you to eat vegetables and be healthy. And then they play dramatic music. And she turns yeah, and looks at him and goes, you never told me that. 
I was like, only in America is it an insult to be like, I want the woman I love to eat vegetables and be healthy. And they're like, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's fat shaming. You are fat shaming her. That I just only in this disgusting country is that a rude thing to say. He didn't even say I want you to lose weight. He didn't say that. He just said I want you to be healthy to eat vegetables. Eat vegetables. And that was a controversial comment on that show. It was so disgusting. But yeah, and so she's like hanging all over this guy. And uh, she just will not respect any of the Muslim rules. And uh, he's like really stressed out about it. Cause, and, uh, and then so he, he, they end up having a, like a Muslim chaperone who just breaks him up whenever she starts hugging and she's getting so mad. And then they go to a Moroccan restaurant and she refuses to eat the food. She flies all the way to fucking Africa and she's like, they have to track down a place that sells burgers and fries. I was like, I hate this country so fucking much. but that's like the other fucked up part is like they those producers looked for that something specific you know what i mean you don't gotta look that hard to find that kind of american they wrote wrote that shit that's what's even more go to any amusement park no you go to any amusement park you put a blindfold on no no no, let's listen to me you go to an amusement park you put a blindfold on and give a guy a net the first fucking person he puts a net over will be that woman that is like (laughs) that is 85 percent of this country it's just disgusting, vulgar, like people who refuse to adjust to any social norms. <laughs> no, I get it. And I get that it exists, but like it, they're, they're also like putting those two people together because because reality television isn't real. It's all bullshit. But I just I, that woman really got me going because it was like I've met a million of them. I mean, half of them are my aunts. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just like just trashy, rude, gross people. And I'm trashy and rude and gross, but if I need to put on airs to get through a situation, I can. You know, I've had dated rich girls. I've met their parents. I've gotten through it. You know, I put the, fu- <laughs> I put the fucking napkin on my lap. Attaboy. Uh, Ooh, I had no idea. Look at you yeah. cleaning up nice. <laughs> Take the small fork for the salad. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Wait, there's an even smaller fork. I don't know. I don't know when I didn't go this far. <laughs> I just shove it into my eye. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I you saw that a lot uh, overseas. Where when I was living overseas, where you you could definitely rank the grossest cultures uh, as far as like not adjusting to how the flow of this country you're in it would mm-hmm. always go to me it would go australians british american in that order australians were the worst people whenever you saw a group of australian dudes coming by you were like this something bad's about to happen there's gonna be a fight somebody's mm-hmm. gonna puke somebody's gonna get naked something bad is about to happen and sure right. enough, always always would they are the biggest idiots <laughs> as far as how they're represented across the world i think australians are the biggest fucking meathead idiots and then you would get these fucking the british dudes the fucking hooligan dudes love they love to wear like clown wigs and shit they're always like <laughs> clown wigs <laughs> yeah you always see these dudes in like peach colored t-shirts and like clown wigs and like holding double fisting beers just scream like oi <laughs> and they're wearing like a soccer scarf that goes down to their knees 
and then with shorts and a clown wig on. And they would always like do that thing where you could like eight people could ride a bicycle that would look like a fucking hut that had a keg in the middle. So they could all like bike down the street while sucking out of a keg, just singing soccer songs. (laughs) So worst fucking people you've ever seen in your life. And then the Americans were coming. We were like, uh, we were always just loud. You know, we laughed loud. We screamed loud and, and shit. But like, there wasn't that extra goofiness to it. And we weren't always like the Australians would be like naked, pissing on each other and wrestling and giving noogies. While the British people are like fucking riding bicycles into canals and dying. And then the Americans are just <laughs> screaming and making fun of everything. <laughs> <laughs> And then you just have a German looking along being like, uh, they are so disrespectful. I'll, I'll never forget when uh, I was in Spain, my, one of my cousins who had never been over here were like, um, from what I understand, like a, there was, this was all in Spanish. It was like, does everyone in America own a gun and only eat steak? And I was like, well, that's kind of like Texas specifically, but <laughs> we all can do those things, but we're not all. Of I those like things. both of those things a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I had steak. I had just steak for breakfast today. <laughs> I had a, I had pork chops for breakfast because I was at this greasy spoon here. I walked I walked there from the motel. The motel in Tulsa. God bless you and your spirits. Let me. Tell you <laughs> <laughs> I am in I'm in sunny Southern California right now, and I want to blow my braids out. And you're in a motel in Tulsa, and you're doing you're, you sound chipper than ever. That's crazy. <laughs> You're a resilient bastard. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if I wouldn't, I'd be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> just to sit here and just say without any sadness in your voice, ah, the motel I'm staying at. I went to a greasy spoon that was close to the motel in Tulsa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. God bless you. That's uh, you, have a, you have a resiliency that I admire. <laughs> What was even funnier is that that woman that was that gave me that shitty intro afterwards. Like when I told her, she was like, "Oh no, I just thought I would." I was like, "You thought it'd be funny." I go, "You realize there there are actually people that think that, right?" Like, and meanwhile, this woman had just like paid me an insane amount of money to do stand up for them, and then and so that doesn't matter though. You still deserve respect. Yeah. So well, I just why also just didn't want if another chick comic came through there that they they would get the same thing, you know? Because that would have I think that would have upset people a lot more than it upset me like there's certain comics that go through there that would have just blasted them on social media named their names tagged them in the post said women never work here and it's like well if you just talk to her she would learn and change you know well, that was because because the thing was is she was super excited about having me and she did have a great time and everybody did like me and i had a, a bunch of the people like uh i think the ceo of the company said that i was the best one that they'd had and they've been doing the show there for seven years you know every every year they do a christmas party with a comic and um so they were all super happy with it and then i was just like i was like you gotta understand like there are people who like legit think that and so it sucks when you're in a place like trying Lewis. to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like tons of, we're also in Wyoming. So I'm pretty sure somebody in that room genuinely did feel that way, you know, um, right. just, just by odds. And um, so it was like, th- that's a horrible way to be able to like, it's like somebody telling you right before you start to do your job that somebody there doesn't think you're capable of doing it, you know? And, and just because I have a re- rebellious nature um, that just gives me something to play off, but that is not how everybody operates. That's not how everybody sure. works. So sure. it's just not the best way to be able to, and she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not a comedian. I didn't know. I just thought that would have, that would have been like a funny thing, like you, to play off of it. And he did play off of it. And I was like, yeah, but that's just 
that's because of the type of person that I am. Period. Yeah, like that, that, that's that would the have planet's upset aligning. a lot of people. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. normal. You imagine, yeah. like I, I imagine that you probably blew them away because you're. I mean, not only did a lot of those guys probably were skeptical that a woman would be funny, but also they probably had so many just like fifty year old white hacks coming through there every Christmas for the last twenty years. You know. Being, <laughs> yeah, that was the, one of the things the CEO told me is he was like, "You were like the first real comedian we've ever had." Like, yeah, he was exactly. like, A lot of times. A lot of times they come here and they 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 just assume we're all going to be weird, like conservative, like and weird and stuff like that. And then um, one of the other owners of the company came up to me and goes, "Hey, uh, I don't like Trump." And I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me, sir." Yeah, the guy before <laughs> the guy before was just like, uh, "When people write LOL, are they really laughing out loud? I mean, are we really <laughs> laughing out loud?" Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they've been brutalized for the last 20 years with just garbage. It's funny thinking about pushback though, both you and I both thrive when we have something to push back against on stage. That's like uh something we have in common, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh but imagine what it'd be like once you get to the point if where you have a fan base in a theater and everybody's there to see you and they just like you and you're like and there's no resistance. It's I like, think that's that's when I'll start posting my comedy online. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have uh, tons of hate from the world to push back on. <laughs> that's right. You just start reading YouTube comments. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's. I think I still think that that's why some people read them. Like there's, She's there's a no bitch, and this guy's a fag. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know what, it's fucking N word Jim or whatever his fucking <laughs> handle is. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to, I mean, there's no end of, I mean, of course there's, I mean, we live in such a fucking negative, disgusting trolling society. So there's no end to the hate, but I mean, it just means at that, in the room, the intro will be okay. The reception will be warm and the venue will be nice. And you're like, well, what the fuck do I do with that? Get as much when it's easy. Yeah. Maybe that's the other thing that scares me about like that whole fear of failure and success is the other thing that scares me is that like I'm gonna get to a point where I'm comfortable and then like because so many things are are based on things that are like I don't like societally that like yeah. it's that I'm gonna have everything I've ever wanted and then I'm gonna be boring. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's where mental illness is a benefit. <laughs> Dude, oh I, no, I mean, what if I get fixed? I mean, that's one of the things like I, I was always like against, I was one of those comedians that was like against uh, going to therapy because I thought that I would, it would ruin, it would ruin my edge oh, when dude. I was younger, when I was younger in comedy. Like, and then I, and then I saw like one of those documentaries, like I am comic or something. And maybe it was like an interview with Dana Gould or something where they were talking to like, they felt that way. And then, um, and then they're like, Oh no, I just got way worse. (laughs) (laughs) I was in therapy for the entire first year I did comedy. I was in therapy for almost three years. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, How was that? I liked it a lot. I I wish I could do it now. I just can't afford it. But I, um, I think, I don't think it had, I don't think it affected my funny at all because I think the way my fucking depression works, it gets in the way of me being funny because I'm just in a cloud, you know, I can't be Mm -hmm. present. But I mean, I think therapy is, it's not like you can't look at it. You got to, I look at therapy like the way people smoke weed. It's just a, a management thing you do. That's never going to be a cure for anything. Yeah. So it's just like a, it's, I, 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 I use it like a drug or whatever. I go in there and I talk and I, I feel 
better about it. And then I have somewhere else to dump it as opposed to like all of my friends or whatever. Right. It's just a nice place to be. Cause like, you know, with friends and, and the therapist, they don't try to fix you. Cause it's like, I could tell any one of my, and one of my friends, yourself included, where I'm like, Hey, I feel like blowing my brains out right now. And you're like, well, okay, why? And here's how we fix it. And it's like, well, with therapy, they don't do that. Or it's a, they're just like, uh, you just talk about it. You know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's like a nice thing to have, but it is in really hard to not try to make your therapist laugh. That is like a real thing. That is a problem because it does. You have to figure out how to not perform in there, which is like really tough. You, you're talking to somebody. It's just like doing a podcast or doing stand up comedy. You, you're running the show. You're talking and you want to entertain the person. You start th- feeling bad for them. You think, Oh my God, they got to listen to people talk all the time. Let me give them something good. And then if the therapist is good, they'll be like, All right, cut the shit. This isn't, this isn't what you're here for. Yeah. You're not here to entertain me. Yeah. I've never, uh, I guess I've never done it a lot long enough where I thought about it. I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. It didn't help anything, but it, it <laughs> made me, I don't think. I mean, it made me feel better, though. Let's do the gripe of the week. It's the gripe of the week. It's, it's the, the gripe, gripe of, of the week. week. Andy Fisher's gripe of the week is when there's one cashier open at the grocery store, and I've been waiting in line for 10 minutes, so I'm up next. But the lady in front of me has a huge pile of stuff. But then another cashier opens up and I'm blocked by the racks of the gum and magazines and all that stuff. And the assholes behind me move over to the other line and get checked out before I do, even though I was there first. That's not even what bothers me the most. Hold on. He's not even done. This guy is He's really gripey about this. What bothers me is that there isn't just a single queue system like taking a number at the deli so that we can avoid this crap to begin with. I mean, we live in a society I ha- I shouldn't have to rely on people not being self-serving me first me first pieces of crap just to have some fairness and efficiency in my life. Implement a take a number system everywhere. What are you German? The hell's wow. wrong with you? Also, <laughs> the, the fucking world is brutal and violent, and chaos reigns over everything. So, like, why are you sitting there looking for fairness in your life? You must constantly feel screwed over because you are looking for justice and fairness in a world that is violent and rude. Like, what? what who cares? Yeah, I. You, you know what I'm saying? Really, is I do that. I cut people off all the time when a new register opens. I get in there and I get out. You know what? And I get home and I'm eating my Nutella while you're still sitting in there in line. And maybe it's not fair, but you know, this is a business, you know, getting groceries is a business. You got to climb the top of the mountain. You got to get out of there. Okay. But also <laughs> it's, just, it, it's also like, if you only have a few items, then you can go to the express lane, which is the lane that is for only a few items in general. Yeah, and they have- It's not open. It's not open. There's one line open. And then they open another one by surprise. Yeah. But then they also have a lot of them have the self checkout lanes. So that's not even, you don't even need a person to be open. Those are just open on their own. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's it's the same when people jockey for position when an ambulance or a fire truck goes by and they use that to get by other people. Not saying I do that, but I do do that. When, when, when I'm in a, when I'm in a rush, not all the time, but if I'm in a rush and, a, and an ambulance happens to go by, I'm gonna be the first one behind that fucking ambulance. I mean, I'm not chasing them. I'm not like speeding alongside them or anything, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, sometimes it just takes people a long time to get to get their shit together, you know. Listen, if you sit there and you watch the world pass you by because you're looking for fairness, you're going to end up last in everything. And I believe it was uh, Ricky Bobby's father who said, if you're not first, you're last. Am I right? <laughs> take a from him. What's funny is this specific thing happened to me when I was at the dollar store the other day. It was like a person in front of me had like a ton of shit and like the cashier was moving really slow. And then they opened the thing, but I couldn't get over. 
but I also didn't lose my shit over it. It's also like, I still got my shit done. I think one or two people left afterwards, but it's because of a capitalistic society that Brian so eloquently rambled on about that this feeling of unfairness even exists. Like if you didn't care about being first, this wouldn't be bothering you. Yeah. You mean if you were just like a little socialist cog? That just didn't. You were felt like you were a larger one cell in a larger organism, as opposed to an entity unto yourself. Yeah, if you were a member of society, the society that he keeps talking about. If you're a member of society, it shouldn't bother you that some person went into the line n- next to you. So, as my drill sergeant said to me when I was doing my Mick Jagger impression, uh, somebody thinks he's an individual. Yeah, and you did, and you thrive on that. You thrive on being an individual or else you wouldn't be pursuing a career in being an individual and priding yourself on it. Nobody's really like me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, oh, fucking, don't I'm, start. I'm so fucking unusual. <laughs> I'm so fucking like unpredictable. Like nobody can like, everybody's like, what's he going to say next? And I mean, honestly, I don't even know. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm a channel. I'm a channel for the random God. You know? <laughs> the random God just flows through me. I don't even know. Unicorn, where'd that come from? <laughs> so weird. So weird. So fucking weird. Okay, please, please stop before before I kill you and be very random about this. <laughs> <laughs> Except now it wouldn't be random because I just said made it premeditated. Yeah, that's calculated. You're so, <laughs> you're so calculated. <laughs> you're so measured and calculated. It's weird. Ugh. Yeah. Stop being an individual. Listen, uh, or if you do want to be an individual, get in fucking get. You, you got to be ready to fight. Like you got to be ready to step over people, knock over that fucking little. Uh, what do you what do you call those things? The with the the candy the aisle. What, do those have a name? I don't uh, know. They're like partition, maybe. Is it? Is it? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Send yeah. it right to the floor. Cut off the other guy. Dump it right onto the other guy's head. Rain him in the head with a bunch of Snickers. Just, excuse me, sir. I was first. Because that's the other thing, too, is you're also being so passive to the point where I'm certain if you said something, they wouldn't care. Oh, yeah, go ahead, dude. I mean, I've had people do that. Oh, I was like, oh, sorry, I, I was next. And then I'm like, oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, the most walked over person is the silently offended person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The, yeah. yeah. You protest in silence, nobody fucking knows. And they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, especially if they're foreign. Until you, you, you make a, a, a sound so that they know about it. You want to you want to fucking see some cutthroat grocery shop and go to an Armenian grocery store. Holy shit. You would think that like it was life or death. Like they will cut you off, they will jockey for position, they'll throw elbows like Shaquille O'Neal, like they're like old bad boy Detroit Pistons when they're coming up for their peanuts and they come down, they throw their elbows around. I wear I wear those Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goggles every time I go to Super K. They <laughs> look like Horace Grant like yeah. what? <laughs> Big elbow pads. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth uh, Croy Dunn. I don't know how to say her last name. Um, her gripe of the week is working with an alcoholic, suicidal, bisexual woman in the office. Uh, women. Oh, it's multiple. Working with alcoholic, suicidal, bisexual women in the office that are crushed out on you and hate that you are outperforming them by a thousand and you rejected them so they try to sabotage you suicidal alcoholic bisexual could you create a person who needed more attention in the world (laughs) of course they're trying to sabotage you (laughs) that is a like a chris farley level of attention needing like that's (laughs) 
an alcoholic, suicidal, bisexual. Well, you, you, you know why you're suicidal is because you're an alcoholic. You know why you're alcoholic? Because you know your bisexuality goes against God. And, uh, <laughs> oh, stop yeah. it. You shut your mouth right now. <laughs> that relationships are meant to be between a man and a woman because that's how the Bible says. So okay. uh, This is a bit much. Shut up. That's not <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm bisexual. What is that John Michael Bond? Is it John Michael Bond joke? No, it's Andrew Polk. Andrew Polk has that joke where he's like, uh, my girlfriend's bisexual, which means that she's into men and attention. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Andrew Polk. (laughs) Hayward voice. I don't know. This is so specific. I don't really know. Uh, I don't think that's, I mean. The suicidal alcoholic bisexual clad of women is uh, specific. (laughs) You don't think that that's like a, there's not packs of them everywhere just roaming the streets. I'm, I don't think, first of all, they're human beings. Stop referring to them as packs. And second of all, <laughs> do you think um, women with like uh, that, that cut themselves ever like tattoo, like a little picket fence in between all the scars? I think that'd be such a cute way to like, like group them all up and, and turn it into art. You know what I mean? I do know for a fact, uh, I have, uh, I know people who have tattoos where they cut themselves for the exact reason of hiding the cuts. So what I'm saying, I think would be cute. I think I nailed it. You take all of the little marks, uh, you know, on the, on the inner thigh or, or the arm, you know, uh-huh. or friend, uh, Danny Davenport used to have a joke where he was like, he was like the inside of her arm looked like the back of a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the back of a manatee looks like. When you hit by a, like a propeller pot, like a Oh boat. shit. That's great. <laughs> I'm on cold medicine right now. And I think somebody snuck some mushroom tea into my cold medicine. Oh, I'm about to get a bunch of mushrooms. I'm very excited about them. Um, Hayward Boyce's gripe of the week is when autocorrect quits changing the F word to, to, to duck. So now I literally have to type the word duck. Oh, wait, you've written fuck so much that if you write duck, it changes it to fuck. That, <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. So you should be writing fuck more than duck. But like, unless you're a duck, like, unless you're a duck hunter, like that's got to be the only person that, that that really helps out. Yeah, who you texting duck to? Like, cause if you're saying, yeah. if somebody, if you, if you need somebody to duck, you need to yell it, not text it. Yeah. It's not going to get there quick enough. I was just going to say, if, you, if somebody threw something, I don't think texting them ducks going to help. That's how bad our social interaction is going to get to, uh, with our next generation where if like something's flying at somebody's head, they're just going to text them real quick duck. Cause they won't, they'll be too awkward to talk to them. <laughs> they'll be too uncomfortable to yell duck. <laughs> What? A, why didn't you tell me? I texted you. Texted you, Doc. Stop looking in my eyes. It's scary. There was a party uh, that happened, and they had a sectioned off area, a social anxiety sectioned off area wow. for people. If like if the party is is getting to be too much, you can go into and it was and inside it was like you can go hang out on your phone. It was like these curtains that were up in this room that's full of people. And it went for people with social anxiety. If it was too much to be around those people, you could go into this little curtained off area and play on your phone. Like that was the purpose of it. They should, they should just fucking let the gas loose in that room. (laughs) So social anxiety room. If you voluntarily walk in that room, you should just get electrocuted as soon as you walk. (laughs) Fuck you. We don't need that. I don't need those people. You know, it's funny is I was at a show last night. With like my call it a, a Darwin tent. Cause if you go in there, it's yeah. just a door and you go down into like an alligator pit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was hanging out with my friend Ben Branfin last night, who is a comedian in LA, and I think he's very funny. And he is a magnet for those extremely dysfunctional, socially awkward people. And they constantly come up, and they're those kind of people that interrupt your conversation but pretend to feel bad about how they're interrupting their conversation, but they actually don't do anything to not be in the way like they stand and stare and then they interrupt and they can't carry a conversation and then everything gets really uncomfortable and everybody just starts staring at their feet and it happened mm-hmm. over and over again and i was like i think you're like a superhero to him because he's like a like he's a kind of comic with that if you have really bad social anxiety you can relate to his material but he can function in society he knows how to talk to people but his material is a lot like relatable to these people who can't function so they all are inclined to come up and talk to him and he's too nice it was miserable. I was like, I'm never hanging out with you in public again, dude. This is brutal. Like everybody <laughs> comes up and talks to you, stinks. I imagine it's that same way for like like Maria because she talks so much about mental illness. Like, and she has like, there's been times she's just coming out and there's just these droves of people that are like, I wanted to kill myself. I tried to kill myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're on like cat in the hat hats and fifty <laughs> plastic bags on their back, like backpacks. Just insane. It's just yeah. it's so strange what what uh, makes people like what attracts people to. Well, the the thing though is, I think that uh, probably the people who are most light, like, least likely to understand you is another crazy person. <laughs> it seems right. like if you're crazy, that's it's you tough going to a trained professional. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes if you're clinically insane. Sean Patrick Moore's gripe of the week is they haven't invented anything better than laces, and and don't talk to me about fucking Velcro. Shoes can't have elastic laces. I got to bend my fat ass over and then get all lightheaded just to get ready to do something. So why not talk to him about Velcro then? He made no reason. There was no reason to not talk to him about Velcro. If he wants to also lose fucking weight, man. Like if you're, if your shoes are a problem, like nobody, like nobody's going to, we shouldn't cater our technology to making it easier for people to destroy their bodies. Like that, um, that's, that's insane to me, except pregnant women, pregnant women deserve, but they can wear slip-ons. But uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not even saying it's a problem that you're so fat that tying your shoes makes you pass out. <laughs> but what I am saying is that I don't think we should develop technology to make it easier because you can't put the fork down. I mean, but also there two things. One, they have elastic laces because I had a I had a, a pair of these cool black ones that just looked good. Like my, I liked my shoes, but I liked them better without. Like they looked better without laces, so I found these like little elastic ones. So then I could wear my 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 sneakers like slip-ons. It wasn't because I couldn't, but like I still I like the way laces look. Like I I can I'm capable of tying my laces without passing the fuck out. Wow, but- good for you. That's your you're in an elite percentage of Americans. <laughs> but I mean, but they also exist. So you're bitching about something that already exists. Just look a little harder, Sean. Do you want them to deliver them to you specifically? Hey, fatty, we heard you're having a hard time, but you don't want to look like a dumbass wearing Velcro. Here's some fucking, (laughs) you know what I mean? Not only that, but they also sell like slip on style sneakers. Like those also exist too. They have the, they already have the fucking elastic in them. Given, given the tone of his gripe, something tells me he's not really a go getter. It's not the kind of, <laughs> kind of guy. He's not, he's he just, not going to get his, the fucking elastic laces that he wants. And also, what do you care if your shoes are Velcro? I bet you can't even see them anyway. What does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Marcher. I always like to say his name like it's French, even Marcher. though it's probably not. Marcher. Marcher. 
or Marchert, <laughs> if you want to be really lazy-lipped American about it. Um, Christmas, his gripe of the week is Christmas gift bags. Wrapping paper is so much more fun than gift bags. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of on, on his side about this. I do love... Because it's it's so fun to be uh, destructive in not a destructive way. Like, you're supposed to rip the paper open, you know? Just, like, shoving your fucking mitt in and grabbing your gift out. Here it is. This is what I got. Instead, you can fucking, you know? And then people get, for some reason, people get mad if you rip open a, a gift bag. Yeah, no shit, because that's not how a bag works, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's much i much and i get it i get it takes a little bit more effort to fix put some fuck wrap a thing in paper and put tape on it i get that but that's still also using less paper than you would have for a bag because it's thicker paper and but then again you could also reuse it so i don't even know if it's like it's more economically sound or environmentally sound both things are wasteful. You should just hand them the thing. If we're really talking about like, or wrapping it in a t-shirt. Is my it, aunt always used to. My aunt always used to wrap gifts rip in the shirt, like Hulk Hogan, to get into yeah. the present. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm fucking thirty three. I have no wife, no kids, so I don't really get like presents like that. Where I have an opinion on how they come. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. So- sad that we can't even enjoy this gripe right now just no, imagine. nothing sad about it i'm not being sad i'm just saying i don't fucking i don't care i'm trying to take a side i know that if i were a child i would want the paper because you want to tear into something as a child as so, an, as, so you agree to because you're still a fucking child <laughs> as an as an adult i'd prefer you just don't give me a present because that's too much pressure so I don't want the bag or the paper. It's pressure to give somebody a gift. It's not pressure to get one. Yes, it is. Because it's like, well, fuck, I didn't get you anything. And I can't. So, god damn it. What? That's not what how gifts are. You're so weird. I'm gifts so are weird and random. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you didn't mean it. You're normal and boring. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. You're not weird. You're melancholy and a bummer. That's what you are. <laughs> Nobody loves me, so I don't get any gifts ever. I don't have a wife. Way to or- use two synonyms to describe <laughs> me. <you> fucking- <laughs> what, a, what a novelist you are. What a wordsmith. You're stupid <laughs> and dumb. I didn't say that. Melancholy and boring. I mean, bummer. Melancholy and bummer. Those are two different things. They're basically the same thing. They're not- basically, is not the same thing. The same thing is the same thing. Basically, the same thing is not the same thing. This is putting me to sleep. What's the next gripe? Yeah, so is you. Your woe is me so, bullshit. So is you. What <laughs> are you turning into fucking some <laughs> Latina getting mad at me now? You're like a Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> so is you, bitch. Yeah, so is you. <laughs> Jason Garza's gripe of the week is when I tell the cashier at Burger King that I want a Coke when ordering, then walk over to the Coke machine. It's not working. So I walk up to the same cashier and tell her, and she says, yeah, it's out. She knew it was out, and she still let him buy one? Is that what is he's mad that she didn't I tell him? that's what he's mad about, yeah. How often is this happening? Uh, I mean, yeah, again, I, we get a lot of people. I, I'm sorry to go against every gripe, but it's just my, it's my attitude. But, like, how do you expect anybody who works at Burger King to give a shit about anything that's happening around them you know what i mean like 
Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Like, you're not going to get, if you're at Burger King, you're not there for customer service. You're, you're, you're there to spend the least amount of money to get the most amount of poison in you so that you can fucking fall asleep. It's a drug deal. Okay, it's like saying I don't like when my drug dealer doesn't, you know, I don't like it when my drug dealer doesn't say thank you when I pay. Like, it's like, yeah, this is not what this is. It's Burger King. You're not at a fucking Michelin star, fucking five star rating restaurant. Like they're act, they're working in a poisonous environment. Have you ever noticed how disgusting everybody's skin is who works at a fast food restaurant? Clearly, they're having an allergic reaction to all the poison they work around there. They are clearly failing in life or teenagers. Which there's just what? <laughs> How many times are you gonna go on this rant? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was the first time. Speaking of drug dealers, uh, Lydia Popovich's gripe of the week is cunty female bud tenders and condescending male bud tenders. You work at a weed store. You're supposed to be chill and knowledgeable. And Can just you stop saying service. bud tenders. Get the fuck out of here with that stupid. I hate weed culture so goddamn much. Bud tender is so fucking stupid. You're a cashier. All right. You work at a fucking store. You're a cashier. You're not a pharmacist. You're not a bud tender. There's nothing special about what you do just because it's fucking weed. There's nothing cool about that. You don't get a new word. You're a fucking loser. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so sick of weed culture. I hate it so much. It's ruined weed for me. I've been trying to smoke weed for 10 years. I can't even smoke it anymore because it's so fucking corny. It's goofy. It's Disney shit. Kiss my ass. But wait, what was the gripe? Oh, when, when they're cunty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, anybody who demands... It's like when a bartender wants to be called a mixologist. A mixologist and bud tenders can go in a pit and fucking full of lava for all I care. Also, like, I don't know why, you, why you'd be mad. Like, uh, like, it's not like... Because it's still marijuana. Like, it's, it's not like you have to- about it. They're like music. It's like a record store now. You walk in, if you don't know everything about weed, they treat you like you're a fucking retard. I hate that shit. It's like, no, sorry, this isn't my life. Sorry, I have a wife and kids that I'm trying to provide for. Hey, you just said you don't have a I'm wife. I'm in a and new kids. character now. He <laughs> <laughs> just happens to sound very similar to me. <laughs> Switch up the voices a little bit, man. I can't keep track. <laughs> all the people yelling in your dumb skull. Um, all right. Oh, what's funny is here is the <laughs> here is the other. The other side of this coin, uh, Devin Sheffield's gripe of the week is, I'm guessing he works at a weed store, uh, because he says customers in the weed store that think they know everything and tell you how good they smoke and how knowledgeable they are, and then they just buy a pre-roll, which is just like house dirt weed that they just sell. That's like $5. Sure, yeah. Uh, that's annoying, too. Anybody trying to be an expert about anything is annoying. Like I, I, I don't like to talk about music in that way anymore either because I just, I just, it's so fucking boring. I could, I could be. It's so funny you specifically like were annoyed by the people at record stores because you were that guy. No, it wasn't that. Is that I, I like, I got into music in a more natural way, like because I'm, uh, I'm old and I was young enough rather to get into music through downloading it. So I wasn't just going to the store and getting recommendations from people. So I wasn't getting spoon fed that this is what's good and this is what's bad. I was searching through myself and figuring out what I liked and what I didn't like. And so when you go to the store and you'd be like, hey, I want to buy 
this uh, like I want Big Star's third album, and they're like nobody likes Big Star's third album. Alex Chilton, it's basically an Alex Chilton solo album, and Chris Bell didn't even dip 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 dip. And you're like, well, I just download it and I fucking like it. All right, that's all. I'm here because I like it. And and it's and it's just there. There was Eat More Records in Atlanta. There was a guy there was such a and he was such a he looked like Brian Posehn and he was just such a fucking old fat loser. And he would just always make you feel like shit for whatever record you're trying. I hate that. I hate that in guitar stores too. I hate it. I hate having like I can talk the talk when I'm in a record store or if I'm in a guitar store. I can talk about pickups and strings and wood and all that kind of stuff or albums and labels and issues and what press it was. I can do that just so that they don't rip me off or whatever. But like, man, when you walk, it's, they make people feel like complete idiots. And it's like, you're a fucking, you hawk records, you sell weed. Like, why do you, what do you, what makes you feel like you should feel superior to anybody? You've clearly failed in life to end up in this position. So I think the moral of this entire great journey <laughs> we've got is don't be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, oh, but unless no, do be a cunt if it gets you out of the grocery store quicker. Oh, okay. <laughs> Julia Noron <her laughs> is um she says this is a, probably a super common gripe, but not but topical. But it's greeting cards with glitter. A glittery greeting card should not be something you send to somebody that you care about or that you love. Grandma, I'm looking at you. It should be something that you give to your nemesis, an ominous threat that will sparkle and endure forever. This is a gripe I can get behind. <laughs> this makes sense. It's a problem that happens all the time. It's it, friend Corinne used to say that that glitter was the herpes of the craft world because you can never fucking get rid of it and you never wanted it to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody gave it to you. As a as a former preschool teacher, I still have glitter in my ass. It's just, you, wait. Why do you have it in your ass? Because you're sitting in these fucking glitter chairs all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, glitter is the worst fucking thing that's ever happened, and sending somebody a card with glitter on it is worse than the unabomber it's so fucking annoying i agree 100 percent. that is my you saying you prefer anthrax to glitter um yeah because i think like either <laughs> either you was gonna take you that long to decide because <laughs> <laughs> i seriously think i do because either you die or you survive and then it's over but with glitter you you survive it's but it's forever <laughs> It's like in the 80s, would you rather get AIDS or... No, I'd rather get herpes, I think, than AIDS in the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. I mean, now it's 50-50, but in the 80s... I don't even think it's 50-50. I think it's just chill. I think AIDS is totally chill now. Isn't is it, it super-duper chill? It's super-duper chill. No biggie. No biggie. Yeah, the doctor, now when you get your AIDS results, it says HIV positive NBD. Yeah, just take this medicine. You'll be chill. I just don't even know how, like, how... It, it's for because since crafts have and will always be a thing it, as far as w women are concerned, like why can't we figure out a way to make glitter that actually falls off? Like why haven't we evolved the glitter game at all? You know, because it wouldn't be glitter at that point. I don't know. Yeah, it would you could you could just put a, a different coating on it or something so it doesn't stick to you. So it sticks to the glue. It doesn't have to stick Let's to you as a human glitter. Being. We don't need to sparkle. We don't need to, this isn't Japan. We don't need to look like a fucking anime. I, I just, I, I feel like, um, glitter is like, it's really cheesy and, and like it, it's like Vegas. It's like the Vegas of crafts. It's like trying to take something that's like really shitty and make it look like nice 
with no real effort at all. It's I don't know why you have to dull everybody's light. I think if people want to sparkle and they want to shine, they should have the option to. Hey, look at you. Aren't you the you're for the people. I uh <laughs> I yeah, I don't think people should uh sparkle or shine. I think we should all wear gray t shirts and black pants and we should all wait in line and wait until the cashier says we're ready for us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hand us our bread and our leek, our leek soup. And then we put on our babushka and we trudge through the snow to our cabin. We keep the fire stoked. <laughs> Glitter is what keeps us from being that shitty ass Russian socialist society that you're talking about. Yeah, glitter is glitter is the fucking that is the litter of the of capitalism. It's disgusting. Too much. Individual. <laughs> you know what? I'm sick of individuality. I am. I'm no longer an individual now. I'm now. I'm. I'm going to start dressing like a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> I like what, what you like. <laughs> What's good for nation is good for me. Arbeit macht frei. I know I'm arguing with you just for the sake of arguing with you, but yeah, I, I hate. I hate. I hate that shit. Like. She's Especially because like she's they, getting a fucking card mail, makeup and shit, and it's like, wh- why? Why would you want glitter on your face when you already know how hard it is to get off? Why would you want to purposely put it on there? You know, because then, because then, when you once you wash it off, then you just have like a random one, so now it looks like you have a shard of glass on your cheek. You know what I mean? Right. I used to I used to do a a, a joke back in the day about when I was a preschool teacher, I dated a stripper, and that and both of those are true. And I was talking about how we um, we had a lot of commonalities, like in our job, like we both would come home covered in glitter, and mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes we would uh, make we would have to make other people put their underwear in a bag. Um, <laughs> I can't. Remember. You should explain that so people don't know what the fuck. Like so, it's because it sounds weird if you don't understand it. Well, I mean, everybody understands it. Like preschool kids shit themselves and piss themselves. And so in in order to like help them become, you know, functioning human beings, you, you like kind of guide them, but make them clean up after themselves. So they have to put all their soiled clothes in a plastic bag and then tie it off so that their parents can take it home and wash it. And also strippers, like, you know, they're throwing their fucking underwear on the stage and it's all nasty on the stage. So they don't want to put it back on. So they put it in a bag to take it home. Well, and it's also because when they grind on men, the men come, come and then they have yeah. come. Yeah, they come on their own. Yeah, I, so I, think, I didn't uh, like to think like, about that part too much, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the reality of it, is the cum. <laughs> the cum is the part that's really gross. It's not the floor of where they're dancing. That's, I like to think of that they never touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stressful. Julia definitely got gripe of the week. Um, yeah. It's so stressful dating like a, a stripper like that, especially with the expectation being progressive because it's like, it's like sex work is noble and you're supposed to be supportive of it. And if you don't support it, you're a fucking piece of shit. And it's like, yeah, but it's also a little difficult to get that imagery in your head and think about that. It's a, yeah. little, it's a little hard to fucking process. And on that, that note, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. Make sure uh, you subscribe if you haven't already. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We appreciate you and love you. Uh, email us if you want to, nosirpod at gmail.com. Follow us on all the assorted social media at nosirpod, at Brian J. Vokey, at The Funny Carmen. 
We will be going on tour in the Midwest in February, so make sure you guys uh, keep in touch. Also, so we can Orlando play Improv, December 23rd. Carmen December and 23rd. Oh, that's right. And we have a bunch of listeners in Florida. So if you are in the Orlando area, come treat yourself before the holidays. Go to the Orlando Improv on December 23rd, uh, 8.30 p.m., 8.30 p.m. show, and it's going to be fun as fuck. It's going to be great. Also, I'll be at uh, Side Splitters the day before on Saturday, December 22nd, Tampa, Florida, if you want to see me there. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye. No, sir, I don't like it. 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 What the fuck is the fucking matter? Are you stupid or what? I don't want your life.